where I tried to kill myself in October. Um, for all intents and purposes, I shouldn't be here, but I failed. Mm -hmm. And um, it was because I was dissociated, not in my body, not in control. But when I'm in control, I love life. And I needed to learn how to protect my peace more. Welcome to the Kindness Is podcast, where we take a deep dive into the true meaning of kindness. I'm your host, Caitlin Johnstone, the co-founder of Kind Cotton. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the Kindness Is Pod, where I sit down with various guests every single week and we take a deep dive into what kindness is and what kindness means to them. As most of you know, we live on social media. And when I say we, I actually mean me because Kev has a very different job when it comes to Kind Cotton and all the work that he does for our company. I live on social media. I have created incredible friendships. I've connected with people who I have met in real life, people who I love and adore, people who see the world in a similar way to me. I did all this during a time that felt extremely isolating, a time in which we lived our lives very differently than the average person in America. With all of the beauty and connections that social media brings, it brings a lot of hate. It brings a lot of nasty comments, a lot of things that sting, a lot of things that people may not recognize as being harmful and hurtful. But those of us who are content creators on social media understand that we are all human. And I think oftentimes people who are consuming our videos forget that. I have the pleasure today of sitting down with one of my all-time favorite content creators on TikTok, Matthew, and they are such a light. They bring so much to this world that is a gift, and it gives me so much hope. So I hope throughout this episode, you are met with love, you feel seen, and you have a little bit of hope. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are here, friends. I am so excited because today I have the completely fabulous Matthew Boudreaux. 
of mixed domestic who lives in the Pacific Northwest with their spouse, daughter, and two Australian Labradoodles. They are the self-appointed Themper of Sewing and Crafting. Matthew works in HIV Pharmaceuticals, which has been a passion of theirs since growing up in the 80s and 90s. We have a connection there that I'm going to get to in this podcast for sure. In their spare time, they use their social media platforms to inspire the interweb with their quilting, sewing, crochet, and weaving projects combined with social justice and vulnerability. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you. I love everything that you're about and everything that you're doing and you're on the right side of things. And it's just really great to see how you empower people with your platform. So I'm stoked about the conversation today. You have so many beautifully inspiring stories. And I'm curious if there is something that sticks out to you that I didn't share that you would like to share in introducing yourself or just anything that you would like to share to kick this off with. I mean, really, I'm just a work in progress always. And the pandemic magnified that and exacerbated everything that I needed to work through, um, showed me parts of myself that I wasn't aware of, allowed me to discover other parts. So a bunch of us are like-minded came together doing the same thing really, honestly, the pandemic showed us all who we were authentically, whether it's good, bad, or everywhere in between. And I'm just grateful that I was able to connect with someone like you in the middle of that process, trying to do good with that and the revelations and seeing things for the first time and seeing that, you know what, I do need to step up and do something. That That's, that's where I am on my journey. It's just a uh, ebb and flow of life where I'm trying to find joy and trying to find presence and trying to find peace in a world that feels everything but all of those things. And um, that's me in a nutshell. I feel like I'm listening to myself. I love Truly. that. When I you described that. that, I said, oh, this is everything that I think almost every day. And I try I try so very hard to connect with people such as yourself, because if I didn't, if I didn't have that outlet and that connection and other things that bring me joy as well, I would be stuck in the spiral of this world is so ugly right now. So thank you for yep. sharing that. Yep. That, and that's how it's felt for me. I feel like I've been in a triggered spiral since the pandemic began. Um, probably started before then as well. Everything was reactionary. Everything was fight or flight. And I didn't know how to get out and like all of the tools that I had for myself to try and like pull me from those in like regular times, they weren't working anymore for me. Um, sadly for me, like that led to me having a psychotic break where like I didn't recognize myself at all anymore. And so slowly but surely, I've been like rebuilding myself and discovering myself and really prioritizing my peace, despite how fervently like I want to like stand up for everything because there's so much to stand up for. But wow, has it done a damage to my spirit. And um, so trying to find the balance right now is it's a challenge, but um, I almost wasn't on this planet anymore. And I know that's been like that for a lot of us. Um, 
because it's really scary whenever you really like ground yourself in it. So anytime you can find like joy and you can connect with like-minded people that make you feel less crazy, less lonely, less isolated, less lost, like it's a gift. And I'm just so grateful I found that through TikTok. I'm so grateful I've discovered you um, because I don't know where I would be had I not been able to discover people that were literally my saviors on the internet that I'd never met before, but allowed me to feel heard and seen at the same time of not really knowing me at all. Um, so it's been, it's been a great journey. Well, you have officially been my first guest to get me crying in the two minutes that we have been talking. Um, oh in a beautiful way. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, whew. I don't know if you know this, but I've shared a lot about my father's diagnosis of being bipolar when I was 16 and never talking about it, right? Because that's what we did in the 90s, early 2000s. Right. We didn't talk about therapy. We right. shoved that crap under the rug and we went about our daily routine. So the pandemic hit and I had a child who was two months old who I thought I was going to be like this rock star mom, right? I thought I was just going to, I was a kindergarten teacher. I was going to crush it. I knew everything and anything. And she never stopped crying. And when I say never stopped crying, I mean like didn't sleep, slept for like four hours out of a 24-hour time period. And we were losing our minds prior to the pandemic right mm -hmm. prior to going into the world shutting down i was like oh man i'm doing everything wrong so then fast forward to the pandemic similarly to you and the world shut down and it was just us and we took things very very seriously mm -hmm. in a space that space being florida that felt as though nothing was happening in the world like I stepped outside of the four walls of my house and I was like, are we the crazy ones? Like, I don't know what's happening here. And that caused me to really have to do a lot of work too. And to have to do a lot of therapy and <laughs> to have to connect with others and, and recognize the collective humanity that a lot of us share through all of this craziness. So, whoo. I wasn't expecting to share so much about myself, but you brought that out in me. Um, I love that you did that. I love that you did feel so comfortable. I, I'm really honored that you felt comfortable to share that because it, that's what's so important. I can't imagine what you experienced living in Florida. I live in the Pacific Northwest. We're granola. We took things seriously compared to a lot of the other places in the country, but even still, I would walk outside and I'd be like, wow. Are y'all not aware of what's going on? Like, this is just yeah. bananas to where I swear everyone in my neighborhood thinks I'm the crazy neighbor. And like, <laughs> like and I, I'm I'm happy to be that now that I'm on this side of it. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be mm -hmm. that. But it just it's so disappointing that this connection where we've been able to find online, I haven't been able to find even still in real life since then. And I so desperately need that and so desperately yearn for that in my spirit and wholeness as a human. But I go out and it scares me and it makes me just want to stay isolated and inside and go back to social media to find connection. Cause like the real world, 
it's still pretty bananas. Like it's still pretty bananas. We all have been living in our own silos and doing our own thing and not everyone's been on this journey and it's just like, wow, y'all still suck. Oh, yes. so, <laughs> so just like, it's disappointing because I want to find a way to connect. I want to yeah. find a way to see their humanity. I want to see that, but it's like, wow, if you can't even like respect my basic humanity for simple things, then I just, I don't know what to do with that. So I run home and I go back to isolation. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I get that. I get that too. I have felt tremendously isolated aside from these online connections for the most part. We fortunately moved out of Florida and now we're like right outside of DC and we slowly integrated back into the world, as you had mentioned prior to, to us recording this podcast. And we found a couple of people where I feel safe admitting these things, right? Like saying, yeah. hey, I can count on two hands the amount of people I've seen unmasked in closed quarters in the past three and a half years. And I'm yep. still working through a lot of stuff. So bear with me. And I'm grateful. So I hope you find that too. And I mean, that I've, I've been finding that. Yeah. Fortunately, I started a new job earlier this year after the last one didn't quite support the mental health challenges that I and my disabilities that I was experiencing. My new one has allowed me to reintegrate to where I started taking my mask off for the first time, like around people. Whoa. Wild, was, right? Um, yeah, it's it was wild. But then like friends, I mean, the great divide in America where people were on other sides of politics, I didn't have a lot of people left in my corner. And then you take the great divide of who is going to wear a mask and who is not. Then I was left with even fewer to where, mm -hmm. yeah, I can count on one hand who I still have. And that's including a couple that I've collected since then. And it's very different for me because I'm mm -hmm. as much of an introvert as I am, I'm pretty social. I've always been that person that everyone just generally likes. I'm generally likable. I don't like ruffle feathers. But wow, when I started seeing things that were wrong, I started speaking out on things. I didn't realize so many people wouldn't be down with that. I just was like, how are you not seeing what I'm seeing? And so it just created, it created a wedge between a lot of regular relationships that were just regular. Like I didn't think before the pandemic began that one day I wouldn't have 99% of my relatives in my life or that I, my best friend of like 10 or 20 years, I would not have in my life anymore. It's just wild, but I'm also grateful for the space that it's created. Cause I feel like I'm finally able to live authentically. I just want to find more people that want to do that as well without like causing me harm. And who would think that just speaking out about basic humanity in the way that I see it, would cause so much anger. I didn't I, realize. Said, I did this series on our social media after Blackout Tuesday, right? So now that yep. was over three years ago. And I would just kind of give these little prompts, like you posted a black square, but do you do X, Y, Z? You post a black square. Now are you speaking out against the Stop Woke Act, for instance? And the amount of like, I'm like, but you are the person I'm talking about. Like you were the one saying I am standing in solidarity, 
But now when I'm actually saying here are some action steps that you can take, oh no, you're not like you're done. You're running for the hills. They don't they don't want to hear it. It was just about the perception of doing something and caring. So many people that block square changed everything. Cause I mm -hmm. was that person three years ago that I was like, Oh, let's post a block square. Mm -hmm. But then mm -hmm. I was like, what does this mean? I don't know what this means. And I went and I looked and saw what it meant. And I was like, Oh, it's just not about a square. So then that week I did what we were asked to do. And I was listening and I muted like my voice and I started sharing like social justice posts and like, um, just regular stuff that was like so clear after the murder of George Floyd. I thought mm -hmm. like that everyone else was saying, oh my gosh, so many people didn't want a part of that. But then there were so many people that also participated and were like, oh yeah. But three years mm -hmm. later, no, they're they're kind of done with it. They're done. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but it's not over. Can't you see it's worse? Mm -hmm. yeah, but they're done so. with it. They're just done with it. And it's, um, I don't know what to do with that. And I've changed the way that I started communicating this year leading more with vulnerability and that seems to be bringing more people in as opposed to like mm. accusation accusation look at how mm. stupid y'all are now i'm like this is what i've learned this is my vulnerability my spouse is black I was like this is what i've learned along our journey i can't believe we're still married and that seems to be resonating more but i'm just shocked at um i'm shocked at how few people took any of that seriously to realize that they needed to do some changes within the way that they navigate the planet and mm. the, the way that they show up for others that aren't like them. I think it's important to continue the community that we're building, regardless of if it's online or if it's in person. I think that there is going to be someone who hears this that says, wow, I was feeling these things too. I mean, you moved me to tears within the first two minutes, like I said, and because I needed that and I needed to hear that and I needed to know that I'm not alone in living that way, that I'm not alone in feeling that isolation, that that these relationships that we are building are real and true and an, impart, an important part of our story. So I'm curious, did you? It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Start social media around the time of the pandemic, or was your account around before? No, I was around, I've been around for a while, like 2016 mm. is when Same. I really got into social media, but I was purely a crafter. Like that's just mm. all I did. I was a quilter, I was a pretty well-known quilter and lots of magazines. Like that's just what I was doing. I was built up really fast by that community, like to where I was like on a national circuit, like doing presentations, going around, teaching classes. And then um, when the pandemic hit, and then I started to then use my platform to speak out on things, um, not even realizing that I wasn't. Because to me, before, I was always like, y'all know that I'm queer, and you know that my spouse is Black, and then, like, you know that we have a kid. Like, I just assumed mm -hmm. that people who wanted to be a part of me also would were willing to show up for me. So I didn't expect that when I started speaking out on stuff when the pandemic happened in 2020 that... Um, 
so many people wouldn't want to mess with me anymore that they would be like, okay, yeah, you're the devil. That's how they suddenly made me feel um, to where mm-hmm. most of my relationships were severed. Um, a lot of people didn't want to work with me. Um, it, it, it was, it was telling. And then that just started the spiral for me to where I was like, well, if I, y'all don't like what I'm speaking about now just wait and so I spoke out on all the things but yeah I was mm-hmm. around I just wasn't um as authentic it was kind of a compartmentalized mm-hmm. version of who I was which was more the entertainer the uber queer like mascot rainbow human which is a part of me but it's more of a mask than it is mm-hmm. um my authentic self I just figured more people that were there back then would support the authentic version of me, but no, they were just there for the free entertainment. But then mm-hmm. my accounts, like they blew up after mm-hmm. I started being more authentic, which I didn't, I didn't know what happened because everyone was telling me that I w- would have the opposite impact, including my best friend. She was like, I can't stick around and watch you destroy what you've built over the past few years on social mm-hmm. media and with your business. And um, I was like, okay, peace out. But no, it had the opposite impact. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's neat. But yeah, I've been around just um, a lot of people didn't know this version. So it was kind of isolated to crafters and quilters, which are, mm. which are uh, not predominantly. But yeah, there's a lot of white conservative women that were following me at that point. Makes sense. Yeah. And if you had to describe your true authentic self now, how would you describe that? Like, how has um, that changed? I'm conscious, um, present, caring, deeply empathetic, joy-filled, passionate, creative, social justice warrior that is willing to use my 47 years of life and experience to help others mm-hmm. and my willingness to be vulnerable um which is different i think most people prior to that would have thought oh happy go lucky um funny goofy mm-hmm. um always happy that they would have thought that they just saw the superficial and would have thought that maybe there wasn't as much substance or brain there but like i've always been and intellect and i've always been compassionate i just i didn't share that as much because i don't know i guess people don't like it and the other thing got me through the world as a queer human and it helped me like i always felt if i can make people like me and i can make people laugh and have a good Mm -hmm. time then i would be able to navigate the planet safely and it got me to where i was but then that wasn't like who i was underneath that was just Mm -hmm. part of me but underneath it's some more sensitive grounded like introvert that um now people are are able to see which i'm grateful for because it's a lot easier to be yourself than to be a mask Mm -hmm. and to worry whether people are going to like like you i'm less concerned about people liking me than i am people seeing me Mm. and um that's what i yearn for is just people to see me and hopefully respect me but that's not guaranteed but to see me that's it because i want to attract people who see me not look to me for a part of myself to fill a void that they can't fill themselves which was a lot of my life 
That's so powerful. I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say, I'm not looking for people to like me. I'm looking for people to see me. And I'm sitting with that for a moment because that was really powerful. Oh, thanks. I think that that that's what we really all as humans yearn for. Mm -hmm. We all want to be accepted, right? But instead of leaning into who we are authentically and saying, this is who I am, do you see me? And then mm -hmm. do you accept me for me? People look at everyone else and say, okay, how can I be accepted more? How can I be liked thinking that that is what's going to fill the void? But it doesn't fill the void. It doesn't fill the void. If anything, it puts a Band-Aid on that void or it, it like just ignores the void and the void gets bigger. But really the only thing that can fill that void is authenticity. I've discovered mm -hmm. and the more authentic and more comfortable I get in my own skin, the more I just want people to see me for who I am and not expect me to be anything that they either had a preconceived notion about or something that they thought I was. Um, because then it's like, especially on social media, then there's this like compulsion to try and like live up to what people see you as, as opposed to just being yourself and showing up as yourself and, and being real that part that part yeah that part i on a much smaller scale obviously but i always feel this tremendous pressure i guess the downside of social media right is that people look to you like they really look to you for answers to things and sometimes i just need to bring out hey i'm human you know I may not have the answer right now either because maybe I'm struggling and maybe you don't know XYZ that happened behind the screen today, but I will always show up. And one of the, one of the main things that I've been doing over the past couple of years is admitting that is admitting my humanity and embracing my humanity and also admitting when I mess up. And I think that's where a lot of us are getting tripped up with things is we're going to mess things up along this journey and taking ownership of that has been one of the most powerful things for me, I think. Oh, it's the best thing we can do. Any of us to have a social media platform. That's one thing I've always done. If I ever screw up, then I'll apologize and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do it the right way. I won't make it yeah. a superficial way. I'll stand up and be like, Hey, these are the things that I did wrong. This is what I'm doing to correct this to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And then I do those things. And it's not about mm. the, I'm sorry. It's not about that part. Like it's about the actions and the changed behavior. And I've tried to model that. If you mess up on social media, especially with like social justice stuff, or like if I ever make a misstep, then I've always been like, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, this is what I did. Let me not do this again. And then you just don't do it again. And some of those have been the better received kind of like, communication that I've done out there because people are like, oh, wow. Yeah. Because that's what I allowed me to step into speaking about things that I was uncomfortable is that I knew I would get it wrong. Mm -hmm. And that it's okay to get it wrong. But if you get it wrong, don't pretend like you didn't get it wrong. Like, yeah. holy say, I got it wrong. Let mm -hmm. me not do that again. And that's gotten me to where I'm able to communicate differently than I did like three years ago on stuff. Same. And I wish that we saw more of that online. You mentioned, I'm kind of jumping back. You mentioned that you've lost a lot of people throughout your life when you start speaking up and everything. But I also remember seeing something, you have had some pretty big 
corporate deals as well, correct? And I think you most recently spoke about, I believe it was when you spoke up about the Don't Say Gay Bill in Florida. There was some heat with Michaels. I may be getting all of yep. this wrong. So I would love for you to share about that because right now in live time, we're seeing a lot of stuff going on with Target. And I'm thinking in my head that it may have been something similar to what you've experienced on a personal level. And I'd love for you to share that if you don't mind. Yeah. So um, not to say that I was an OG, but I was an OG crafting influencer. It was before TikTok. It was on Instagram. I was doing things people didn't know to do. So I got a lot of gigs and I had a lot of brand deals. At its max, I probably had like 50, 60 different brand collaborations that I was doing at the same time. And Michaels was one of the big ones. I worked with them for mm -hmm. three years, every month to two months, um, to where I was getting them tapped on the shoulders for a lot of things. And then they asked me to be in their pride display in their stores. So it was just my face and some projects that I created in their pride displays that um, was all in every single store, including Canada. And beforehand, they asked me to remove a couple posts before mm. it went up and i was like okay whatever sure fine i'll do that they were nothing burgers though at that point and um then i did the pride thing i was i thought it was cool i was like this is rad but it was when the pandemic hit and i really didn't get to like see it see it in the store but after that they still continued to work with me but then the don't say gay bill was coming to fruition and i was like whoa there's no way i can't speak about this especially mm -hmm. With my history, I grew up in a very conservative religious household that no one in my family would support or accept me other than my sister who unfortunately passed away. Everyone else, no, I was the devil. I was a bad human. And so early on when I was a teenager, I decided to like hyper-focus. I'm neurodivergent. So like, yeah, I didn't know at the time, but I was like, let me go find out where it says some stuff. And I read like the entire Bible from cover to cover, just like, where does it say anything about this? And I read it and I was like, wait, it doesn't say anything. And then I was like, let me go research and understand. Like I hyper-focused for a good decade, reading it three times, like the, the level of information I have about like Christianity and the Bible, like I wish that I had that, that brain space for other things, but that's where it was. So I was like, I have to speak out against this. Like I know this stuff. Like they're using religion and they're causing harm to us. And it it's it's something that I need to do. So I came up with um, a way to to talk about it. And I did some like skits where there are two different characters. One was um, like modeled after my mother, who I didn't realize at the time. That's who it was. And it was me like, oh, yeah, it's not in there. And then after that, then it was like silence, radio silence from Michaels. And Michaels didn't want to work mm. with me anymore. And I reached out twice, like, hey. Do you want, are we going to do anything? Because this was like every month or two months for three years I work with them. And in between that, they had me in their stores again. So it was like they had me in their stores for pride. Then they had me teaching a class for coming out day, national coming out day. I did something mm -hmm. and taught a class for them. And then they had me in their stores that January for some organizational thing. And I was like, oh, yay, it's not gay. Okay, cool. They see me. It's something different. But that was about the time that the Don't Say Gay Bill came out was when the organizational stuff came out. So I went from being built up, like getting on 
marketing calls, helping them like launch new things or even outside of influencer work, being in their stores twice in a calendar year, like my face in their stores to nothing. And they didn't even have the respect to like tell me why. Mm-hmm. They just stopped, they stopped responding, stopped reaching out. And so I saw with that, that kind of like broke my brain. There were multiple things that broke my brain that caused me to have my psychotic break, but that was, that was the social media aspect. That's what happened with Michaels. And um, finally this year I reached back out to them because like, let me call them in one more time. Yeah. And I let them know um, everything that had happened, my perspective on it. That. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I thought it was a disservice to the LGBTQIA plus community to have me represent them. And then the moment that I needed to actually stand up for the community, then you like kicked me to the curb. I was like, that's not cool. And then I said, not only that, but you exploited me and how much you paid me. And the reason I'm aware of this is because you paid me the same exact amount of money to represent pride for you than you did for me to represent organizational containers. And you should have paid me a lot more to represent pride mm-hmm. because if you're exploiting my oppression, if you're not doing that, like when you, when you call in someone to represent, I don't know, um, like Black History Month, if you if they were mm-hmm. to per se, bring in someone who's Black for Black History Month, you pay them double. You pay them for their oppression as well because mm-hmm. they're representing something that you don't have themselves. But no, they think that just because they call us in for those moments, then um, that's all they need to do. And they thought that they could get me back to working with them again. They thought that that's what I was after. They were like, oh, well, now that you're going to be speaking out against less about other stuff, then would we will start working with you again? I was like, I'm not interested. Like, did you not hear what I just said? Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. work with someone who exploited me. That doesn't work for me. I'm not interested. Uh, but that's their mo. And it kind of made me realize that that's how all corporations are. It's not just them. It's every single corporation. Target mm-hmm. being the supreme capitalist. I even films like a. I was going to chime in about Target and then I deleted it after I edited it and was like, I don't need to. But you know what? Their whole thing is one and the same. They are just, they are the supreme exploiter of talent to where their entire campaign is a fundraiser to front their $250,000 donation that they're going to make to the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. And um, they kicked some people to the curb because mm-hmm. they were controversial as if they didn't vet the talent beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that a lot of people are angry about that. And I think that this is why I was able to speak out about the Michael thing because I'm no longer angry. Yeah, Like we can't expect these corporations in a capitalistic system to step up for us because they have no interests. Both of them are huge corporations. Target is a publicly traded company. Mm -hmm. Like they just want everyone's money. And they were doing it in a way 
in the past with prides where it didn't ruffle any feathers. Mm -hmm. But this year, yeah, of course, of course that was going to happen. Of course, if you put those things in the stores, that's going to happen. I think just in the past, the controversy helped them sell more stuff because the controversy isn't new this year. The controversy no. helped them sell more stuff and and get to that point to where they could then donate that two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Um, but wow, they 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 misstepped across the board. And the only solution is not to give them money at all. It's not to expect them to stand up for us. It's that yeah. Um, there's going to be very few companies out there that are really, really going to stand up for the queer community. Oh, one other thing with Target, and then um, I'm sure you have stuff to talk about. But um, really whenever I, I looked, their political donations for 2022 were a 50-50 split between Democrats and Republicans. Which is, it shouldn't be shocking. None of this should be shocking, but it's... That's not what their image would present. You wouldn't think no. because in my mind, naively, yeah. even last year, I would have been like, Target's one of the most progressive companies out there. For look sure. at what they're well, look at what they're doing with Pride. Look at how they stand up. This big, I would be so excited when their Pride stuff would come out so that I could yeah. go get it. But no, a 50-50 split. And even in Illinois, there was like a 50-50 split between the Republican and Democratic Senate caucuses and Republican and Democratic um House caucuses. And I was like, wow. So yeah, you're just a corporation yeah that we're trying to get queer money because that's who goes and buys the pride stuff it's the lgbtqia plus community mm-hmm. and then those that support us so that they they use this to get a tax deduction but it's our money going to an organization that maybe we wouldn't think is the most prescient right now maybe the mm-hmm. gay lesbian straight education network isn't the one where the money should be going maybe it is it's a great organization but yeah. um I get what you're I would saying. much rather I would much rather target pull out of Florida. Like that's how they show that they're they're with us. Pull out of Florida. Say, oh yeah, um, we're gonna really minimize our inventory in our stores right now because we understand that by putting money into this um, this state that we're actually making it worse and harder for the queer community. But no, they're not doing that. So it's like we should no longer be shocked yeah. that these companies aren't gonna do that for us because they're really trying to get all of our money. That's yeah. all it's all it's all they want is our money. They don't care about our humanity. And that's exactly. what I learned with Michaels, which allowed me to see things a lot differently with everything happening now. It's like, yeah, I get being upset because it's kind of a it's kind of a mind blow whenever you realize, wow, they're not an ally. Mm-hmm. They're just not. And they can't be. Was social media part of your break? My mental break? If you're okay with sharing that, yeah. Like, was was that constant having to reply, maybe potentially seeing ugly things? I'm guessing here. Um, yeah. I just know on a much smaller scale, for me, the hate, crazy comments, awful, terrible things that have been said at points, like, it's really hard to take that in. You know, I act like, oh, and I do my little videos combating it. Um, but it can be really hard. So I'm wondering if you don't mind sharing in full transparency, was that part of it or? Absolutely. It was, um, yeah, it was, um, it's like I had, there were three, there was a trifecta of things that stopped my brain. Um, one was my family, some family stuff. One was Mm -hmm. my work. 
Um, and then the other was social media. When I spoke out about like racial injustice in June 2020 and all of the conservatives like about face and left, I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was entertaining so many, but I should have. Y'all, y'all didn't, y'all weren't there for me. Um, cool. That's fine. I can handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when they were people that I thought would have been willing to hear me and be in my corner that were like-minded, that's, that's when, um, it caused my brain to, to have harm. It wasn't necessarily those who I expect to hate me. Mm. It was those that I don't expect to hate me for something that I do. And then don't expect, and then don't like forgive me or show me grace. Like I show everyone because I show everyone grace. Um, but for people who should be in my corner and stand with me, wanting to hurt me online, that's a lot to, that's a lot to wrap my brain around. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been the hardest lesson for me because I expect it. I expect homophobia from homophobes. I yes. expect, I expect um, transphobes to hate that I'm non-binary. I, I expect, I expect that. But when it's someone that like in other circumstances, we'd be fighting the same fight on the picket mm-hmm. line together. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's weird to me because um, it's so easy to misunderstand someone online if you choose to. So true. So true. Uh, I think it's we, when I say we, I'm saying me, uh, white cis liberals who cause the most harm in a lot of circumstances um, because we don't really show up when we need to show up. Um, And talking about the whole Target thing, I like went onto social media right away and started doing a story about it. And someone who I'm very close to has someone who works at Target and has someone who works at Target who lives in Florida. And I, they were receiving some really horrific threats. And she wanted me to see it through an empathetic lens of my family's been receiving threats this week. And I'm scared. And I had to take a second because I go in like how you said you used to go in and attack, attack, attack. Like, how can we do? I don't see anything but black and white. And I really had to pause and reflect. And I went back and pretty much said everything that you just said. Like, we can't expect this from corporations because of X, Y, Z. We shouldn't be surprised. I'm sick and tired of the silent minority. And I hate using that term, right? Mm -hmm. Or the vocal minority. I'm sorry. And I hate using that term because it makes it sound as if they're not dangerous. And they're extremely dangerous yep. getting away on these things, right? They're getting their way yep. over and over and over again. We're patting them on the back instead of saying, this is domestic terrorism and you need to be yep. in trouble for this. Like yep. how we're just, so I, all that to say, if not target, then who, right? Like at yep. what point are we going to say enough is enough? And then in that same breath, the people who we are expecting so often, like you said, like it hurts when it's target, but then because we're thinking that they're the quote unquote woke 
corporation yep. and they're ultimately causing that more harm. And I think it's, it's the same thing with people, right? We think yep. that the people who are liberal, the people who vote democratic, the people who do all these things are not going to cause harm. But when it comes, push comes to shove, when there's some like really serious shit on the line, it hurts even more. Yep. And that, this is something you're touching on something that my spouse has um, talked about often is that we originally are from Texas and they are black human, which I mentioned preferred the racism of Texas to the woke liberalism of the Pacific Northwest because the woke liberal will tell you about your oppression and tell you how they're going to help you but not listen to what they need to be doing. And even for myself, my ego was so invested as being perceived as anti-racist and a social justice warrior that I stopped listening to how I could be still causing harm. And I would so jump to let me be seen as doing something as opposed to taking a back seat and actually seeing how I could do something. So mm -hmm. it's become less about the perception of how people on social media view me as whether I am or not, and really taking the time to say, what is my impact here? I need mm -hmm. to really think about that because there have been times where I didn't think about the impact and it was more about, I just must speak on this right now because if I don't, people will think that like, oh, maybe, maybe I will then become one of those many people who put up those black boxes three years mm. ago saying that they were joining in solidarity that three years later are like, I'm good. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. I never want to be that. Same. So that's where it was coming from is me always wanting to speak out on stuff. Mm -hmm. But now I've just like learned that maybe the talking head approach isn't the best approach. Maybe the let me go to Google and then find something that I can screenshot and put in a thing and do all of that, which I do still sometimes. It's like what mm -hmm. are other things, what are other tools that I can use to help? Because when you become that person who is the talking head or is like, I must speak out on this, and I'm speaking for myself. Um, who was I speaking to? I was speaking to people that were like-minded. I wanted people mm -hmm. who are like-minded to see that, oh yeah, I'm gonna talk about these things too. Mm -hmm. But really our job as the woke liberal, y'all, I understand that I'm not supposed to use that word, right? I understand that. <laughs> I, um, I, there's the air quotes right now. Every Doing time, air quotes, yes. Y'all yes, yes. don't see the air quotes. Um, that, that we're so close to being able to help. We just need to get mm -hmm. out of our own way. And um, so now I'm like, what other tools do I have? And that's where the vulnerability comes in to where I share about mistakes that I've made. And it's more about we to where I'm trying to bring people along that aren't like-minded. I'm trying to change minds with uh, people who, who might, might not even be politically aligned to me. And mm -hmm. the only way I can do that is if I speak more we, we as white people, as opposed to you as white people. Mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's all, all of us. us. It's, it's all, all of us, us, right? It's not an mm -hmm. us versus them. We all no. do that. I made a bunch of mistakes to get me to where I am now. I don't understand why my spouse is still with me. Like now that I see all of the mistakes that I yeah. made, um, I'm like, wow, we've been together for so long, 22 years. Um, 
and it was only a few years ago that like I changed, but I'm I'm using more of my experience and how I've grown and learned as opposed to pointing the finger at other people. And that seems to be bringing a lot more people in, which is what our responsibility is, is to change minds, right? Mm -hmm. It's not to show that we know this stuff and that we're like there. Mm. It's, uh, it's to change the minds of those who aren't there with us because we want it to end, right? I want yeah. homophobia to end. I want racism to end. I want it all to end. And it's not going to happen if we keep pointing the finger at each other. It's only going to happen if we collectively, those who do see, share your wisdom, try to change minds, and no one can receive any message when they're being attacked. I would imagine that you're doing much better in regards to your mental health right now than you were. And how did you come out with self-compassion and hope and being stronger than you were before? It's a journey. Mm -hmm. The biggest part of it is me realizing I'm never going to be healed, that I'm going to be healing. Mm -hmm. I was always looking for me to be on the other side to where I could be like, all right, back to no, but no, I'm, I'm healing. Um, I have to show myself compassion and grace. Um, I have things that are really important. My daughter, my spouse, I have friends. Um, I have people who do love me. For those mm -hmm. that aren't aware, I tried to kill myself in October. Um, for all intents and purposes, I shouldn't be here, but I failed. Mm -hmm. And um, it was because I was dissociated, not in my body, not in control. But when I'm in control, I love life. And I needed to learn how to protect my peace more. Because I was always willing to sacrifice myself, recognizing my own privilege. I was like, I can, I can handle it. I can bear the brunt of the hate. I can, I can take the aggression. I can take the death threats. I can take all of it. It's fine. But that was me lying to myself because really um, my spirit couldn't handle any of it. It was really heavy. Anytime anyone leaves a comment that's hate filled, it hurts. Anytime someone leaves a DM that is wishing my family harm, it hurts. Any one time someone comes into my life trying to cause me harm, it hurts. And I was trying to pretend like it didn't. And um, so now I don't put myself in situations to where I let that hurt get in. I don't read my DMs as much. I don't read all my comments. I don't do many of the posts that would bring on the most kind of hate. Mm -hmm. I give myself pause. Um, when I'm choosing to speak out on things, I make sure that I have the space in my life to then be able to handle the backlash because I would not give myself that grace and I would just continue and continue and continue. Um, but at its core, it's like, I need to protect my spirit more and allow other people to speak and mm -hmm. realize it's not all on my shoulders. And, um, try to find the joy in social media again and in life mm -hmm. again, as opposed to being in fight or flight all of the time, because the world is scary and it's getting scarier mm -hmm. and that's not going to change or go anywhere, but I want to live and I want to be here. 
mm-hmm. more than anything. And so I have to always remember that I'm the priority. Mm-hmm. I'm the priority. And I'm also in control of what I do on social media mm-hmm. and, and what I put out. And um, I don't have anything to prove. And I don't have anything to make up for. Um, I just need to to be here. I need to be here on this planet for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, I just focus on that. I focus on that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I know we often think that it doesn't mean something, but it probably means the world to someone. It meant the world to me. I need to hear that. My therapist once told me in the very first session that we ever had was you advocate so deeply for other people. You need to start advocating for yourself. And I'm going to tell that to you because you're doing enough and people need to recognize that people who have this presence on social media, we are human and things hurt. And you're such a light in this world. And I shared that with you via DM. So I'm happy you saw my DM because Mm -hmm. sometimes you get those beautiful ones that just say, hey, I want you to know that I see you. And I want you to know that you are making an impact on others. And block and delete, baby, when you need to. That's what I've been saying lately because it's, it's hard to get to that. But I recognize that I can be making more of an impact sharing within my community, maybe via email, action steps, sharing with people I know, instead of engaging in a conversation with someone who might be a bot even, who knows, right? And letting that get to my mental health. So. Yep. And that's the key is that I've approached social media, which is different thinking, what am I trying to do or communicate here? Mm-hmm. As opposed to how can I grow more? How can I get more followers? Mm-hmm. How will this video perform? And now that I'm less concerned about how things will perform, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that's how I've been since 2016. It was always like, yeah. uh, what videos are performing the most? Let me do those videos. Yeah. I When I'm talking and stepping into social justice stuff, I always need to think about what I'm trying to accomplish as opposed to what I'm going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then protect your peace along the way. That part. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's hard. It's hard. Oh, I could talk to you all day. Same. But before we wrap up, well, two things. I ask everyone who comes on here what their definition of kindness is and looking at kindness through a different lens as I have for years now. I want to know something more than the simple pleasantries, although I know that they have a very real importance, right? I, I always share that my mom was in surgery a couple of months ago and my friend sent me money to get coffee and it was ultimately the best thing that could have ever happened to me. But I think oftentimes we we then weaponize that kindness or we think that that kindness is enough. So I wanna know from your perspective, what does it mean to practice kindness? 
as simply as I can whittle it down, kindness is showing up for someone. Mm. It doesn't need to smell a certain way or look a certain way or feel a certain way. It's showing up for someone fully to where you really see them in a way that you know how to show up for them. And oftentimes that kindness needs to be turned on yourself to where you learn how to show up for yourself as well. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's about showing up for the other person, how they need you to show up for them. It's not about pleasantries. It's not about niceties. It's not about smiles. It's about Mm -hmm. what does that person need for me in this moment? And can I provide it? And if so, yeah, let me do that. Yeah. That's that's kindness at its core for, for me, at least. Yeah. I love that. Before we go, where can people support you, follow you, send you wonderful, beautiful, amazing DMs to tell you how incredible you are? Uh, how can we support? So I am mixed domestic everywhere, which is spelled MX and then domestic. I am on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I have my website, mixeddomestic.com. I have a sewing school called sew-u.com. And all of those things would be amazing if y'all came and found me there. It's really a great experience on social media. Each platform offers something unique. Mm-hmm. It's not all the same, but anywhere on there would be great. I have a shop, an online shop, if you want to buy things. Um, but really just your presence and your kindness is all that's required to participate in the mixed domestic community. Thank you, Matthew. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. The piece of this episode that I keep playing over and over in my head is that I don't need to be liked. I need to be seen. When Matthew said that, I don't know that they realized the impact that that made on me. Living my life to be loved has been at the core of everything that I've done for as long as I can remember. And it hasn't been until recently that I have come into a space in which I feel better and better about sharing authentically who I am, about setting boundaries, about saying no, about advocating for myself as much as I would someone else. So I just want to leave you all with that. You don't have to be loved by everyone. But I sure hope that each and every one of you feels seen. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Kindness Is podcast. If you love it and it's adding even a little bit of value to your life, we would love, love, love if you could subscribe, rate, and review so we can reach even more people and make this world a little bit more kind.